1: any disease. I got this that i been before. I got
2: this that i been
3: before. Hello, and welcome to We Knows Parenting. I'm Beth Newell. I'm
2: Peter McNerney. We are your
3: non-expert parents.
2: We are your non-expert parents.
3: We are your non-expert parents. <laughs> <laughs> we are
2: your non-expert parents.
3: You're... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Beth, it's 86 degrees and I hate it.
3: It really jumped temperatures very quickly here. Where I was talking to our neighbor outside about this yesterday. I was like...
2: You're talking we- to our neighbor about the weather?
3: Yeah, yeah nice. it's pretty wild, but I put it all out there when I'm out there talking <laughs> to the neighbors. Um, well, what happened here in New York was that it was freezing cold and rainy and it was too cold to open the windows and then all of a sudden it. it was too hot to keep the windows open and it's time to turn on the A.C. and I don't like the A.C. I like having the windows open.
2: I agree. Uh, I'm so, I am so miserable right now. <laughs> I'm recording this and I've never been so cranky <laughs> and upset my whole life and I'm just going to put that all out You're
3: there. You're tired. You. We're all tired. It's been a fucking week. I'm going to say that.
2: Oh, I know. I stayed up to watch Game of Thrones, oh, yeah,
3: Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has been ruining our lives.
2: Uh- <laughs> don't get me started. I don't want to I don't want to hear what you thought of it.
3: You know, you're wrong. And I'm right. Here's what's hard about the Game of Thrones finale is that you came home late and watched it after me. And I knew what had happened.
2: you knew how
3: I knew how underwhelming it was. And I knew I had to let you live that experience alone.
2: I had to stay up late, past midnight, till one in the morning, and sit there and go, nothing mattered, <laughs> and I feel nothing for any of these yeah. characters that I've I.
3: I, th- it's weird. I have been an <laughs> apologist for this show for so long. It's I will admit it's given me years <laughs> of entertainment, which it's I mostly still one of the
2: most incredible shows. It's, I, mean. I
3: appreciate it, but this last season. It started off kind of wonky. They're really blowing through plot points. They're not developing stuff. They're not pacing it. They're not earning it. They
2: just want to be done with it. Just give the show to somebody else. They needed seven more seasons. But
3: the first couple episodes of the season, I was like apologizing for it. I was like, "Hey, they're just setting stuff up. It'll pay off. Like the end Mm. of the like, it'll be worth it in the end." They they
2: undercut. I was wrong. They undercut the essential (laughs) motivations. For every single character, why are we talking about this? Uh, this is every other podcast in the world right now, and how do we? We are there? allowed
3: to talk about it. It affects us as parents. We're tired.
2: I was a worst parent today because of it. This Can was last I say night.
3: what has really given me life this week? Though yes, is please. Fleabag season two is okay. so incredible. I
2: gotta catch up. It sounds great.
3: It's so good, and on top of being like emotionally one of the most interesting seasons of television i've ever watched it also has an incredibly hot priest character
2: okay now i'm listening
3: there's so much sexual tension i can't stop thinking about him i just want Um, everyone to know that
2: (laughs) okay so you know what happened this week what um you were out of town you had to go out of town suddenly Mm -hmm. so i was with the kids it went it went great uh Saturday, we, I took the kids for a walk, and we, we went uh, to Smashburger for a little treat. If you recall, if you were to listen to the first six months of this podcast, it <laughs> sounds like that's all we ever did was a Smashburger. Our but it's, kids it's been love
3: Smashburger, and they can spot it on the way home from daycare and various places, and so
2: it, it that's where they want to go. Anyway, we were there, and we were about to go home. We get a text from... Um, the mother of one of their mutual friends from daycare.
3: Can I interrupt to say something quickly, which is... uh, I I don't know if I've discussed this already, but I feel so much pressure to have playdates on the weekends. And I'm so tired. And I love these people, but it's so exhausting to try to schedule stuff in on the weekends, and I feel so guilty about not wanting to do it.
2: I think we've struck a nice balance.
3: Yeah, we're doing okay.
2: Um, we're, we're not afraid to say no. But I feel yeah. I, I'm always I, a little well, stressed. I am afraid
3: stressed. I am afraid to say no because I always say no.
2: True. <laughs> um but uh Anyway, so you gotta call. It, we sort of have like a second set of was, a second friends now. You know, Bryn's best we now friend and his two friends. <laughs> we now have two parent friends. Which means double the chance that somebody's gonna initiate a weekend thing. That being said, Beth, we always end up going and we love all these people and we really enjoy it, but but it's it's hard to actually motivate yourself to go. Anyway, I'm out and about already and I'm like, I guess I go home. I have a whole day alone with the kids and she texts and she says, Hey, you wanna come over? Our son's waking up from a nap, you wanna come now? And I go, Yeah, sure and I we've never been there. So it was two blocks away, and I was just like, this is great. I'm already out. They're already dressed. I'll just go straight there. And we get there, and they have a full, beautiful house, a beautiful house. And in the backyard— This is
3: our first friends who live nearby with a house.
2: Yeah. Um, I was going to call them real people. but They're real that, people. But that's also insulting <laughs> to the vast majority of people <laughs> in the planet who do not have a beautiful house. Um, they're actually not regular.
3: (laughs) They're not regular. They're irregular.
2: If you have a beautiful house in a pool.
3: They have a pool. They have a pool. Suddenly, we love them.
2: Beth, these are our (laughs) best friends in the world. (laughs) So I go over there and their backyard is beautiful and they're gardening. They've got a whole vegetable garden and they're like taking all the, the, the pool deck stuff out for the season and Bryn, uh, Maven loves the pool. But we don't have bathing suits, so we're not going to go swimming. But she pulls up her pant legs to her knee, and I was like, all right, you can sit on the edge of the pool. And she's sitting there with her friend, and they're being real cute, and Bryn's inside playing with toys. And I'm like...
3: Oh, yeah. When we take Bryn to other people's houses, you can't tear him away from the toys.
2: Right. So admittedly, when you're not around, my tolerance (laughs) for danger... My, Very high. Well, my tolerance for danger is always much higher than yours, and I, it's not that I'm neglectful, but I'm doing the math. We'll I'm see doing how the, the story
4: shakes. I'm out. doing the
2: calculations in my head, and I'm always going, "What's the worst thing that could happen right now?" <laughs> and I'm aware of it, and um, and this, <laughs> and if you are there, I've learned to lower my tolerance because you will be stressed for a day and a half. If something happens, so I, I'm I'm different when you're around. But you weren't there.
3: I'm one of those weird moms who cares nope. about the safety of my children. Nope.
2: I just know that <laughs> I can let stresses go quickly, and you and you can't. And that's not good or bad. It's just true. And so you weren't there, and I was relaxing. <laughs> and we're we're getting ready to go. We don't have bathing suits, so we're not going in the pool. But then Maven has like taken off her shirt and her pants, and they're playing in the hose and everything, and it's really fun. And then Maven goes, "I want to sit on the step. It's really hot." So I'm like, "All right, you can sit on the first step of the pool." And I'm sitting next to the pool, and I'm like, "I'm if you're sitting on this in the water, I'm going to hold your arm. Like you cannot let go of me because you don't have any flotation." And then she starts going, "Let go!" And I'm like, "I shouldn't have let you sit in the step." And then Brin comes running out, and he goes, "Pool!" And he tears off all his clothes. <laughs> And then he gets and he sits down on the first step with her. I'm like, oh, okay. And then their friend comes and sits and he's a little younger than Maven. But his, he,
3: he knows how to swim because he has a pool in his house. Well, he does swim year.
2: lessons every week for for, yeah. for for his whole life. And his mom comes his and, whole and, life. and sits down. And we're all sitting in the corner. Like the steps are in the corner of the pool. So it's very tight. And uh Maven's suddenly like, let go of me. And she's trying to go down the stairs into the pool, and she's like, let go of me. And yeah, I'm like, our
3: kids are fearless and I'm they like, love like, water. Maven, water. you don't know
2: how to swim. And then Bryn starts going down the step, but he's holding on to the side. And I said, sort of like, Bryn, you can play on the steps, but you have to hold the side. And he's within arm reach of me. So I'm like, uh and then she's like, Oh, is he okay? <laughs> And I literally said, I'm not worried about him. He's fine. And then (laughs) Maven pulls her arm away from me and, like, starts going down the step. And so I have to, like, redouble my grip. And I grab her. And I'm like, Maven, you can't go down the step. And then suddenly I hear, (laughs) and I look over. And Brent has stepped off the last step and he can't touch the bottom and he is under the surface of the water in full panic doggy paddling trying to get above the water (laughs) and I'm not panicked Uh, I'd, I'd thought this through earlier and I even thought like what's in my pockets if I have to go in the pool my phone is waterproof and I reach out to grab Bryn and he is two inches outside of my reach and i'm not worried cuz it's it's been 1 second since he's gone under but i'm like oh damn it and without thinking i just pull maven's whole body like out of the water by her one arm that i'm holding and just throw maven to <laughs> their friend's mom <laughs> and i go straight into the pool fully clothed shoes jeans and I pull Bren up and he looks he goes bah, 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 bah. and then he looks at me and he goes I couldn't swim daddy
3: <laughs> He's the funniest and the worst Yeah and then uh, I was standing
2: there in the pool very embarrassed after I had said I'm not worried You're
3: about like him. yeah yeah it's cool My impulsive son knows his limits
2: I tell you, like, I'd done the calculation and I had thought the worst thing that happens is I have to go into the pool. And that happened.
3: And that, that's uh, something you're comfortable with.
2: I, I was. I, it wasn't till the next day that I had the image of him <laughs> under the water, unable to go to the surface for th- two, three seconds, that I was suddenly traumatized and very, like, teary and sad.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah,
2: that always happens to me when something intense happens. It's a day later that I, I'm like,
3: so glad it. I wasn't there to see that. And I'm also slightly Street. happy it happened before our trip next week to yep. Georgia where we're going to be staying on a lake because I was talking to Brent and I was like, you understand now? Like, why? And
2: he's already forgotten it was scary. And he thinks it's a cool story he's a part of.
3: Mm, well, maybe you should be careful about the way you're retelling it with him.
2: I get real serious with him. He just <laughs> attention is attention to him. And, you know, no news. All all news is good news.
3: <laughs> he, he Yeah, he's uh, he he's always been like this. I mean, I guess a lot of kids don't have good boundaries with. <laughs> things like this but he's just i remember at a young age him wandering into the ocean like this and just bobbing up and down deeper and deeper and i was like you can't do this like he, he just has no I limit have a
2: very strong memory of being at the beach lake michigan with my mom and i could swim but it was very wavy so i was like going out and like playing the waves and then suddenly the ground was gone Yeah, I was just like suddenly deep and I was like, oh, underneath (laughs) and had that experience of, I don't know if I can get to the surface. And then suddenly my mom was there Yeah, because she, very much like me as a parent where she's like, I can see you. If something happens, I can take care of it. And it felt like a lifetime of drowning and she saved me. And uh, I'm sure it was like three seconds, but that has really stuck with me.
3: Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. I hope that's the last of our drowning <laughs> scares.
2: I think swim lessons is next. Okay, so you want to know what happened tonight? Sure. Bren and I got so cranky at each other. We we turn we were, I, I I've been so patient and I'm whenever there's there's. Resistance. I've learned to get out of the way of the wave and then ride the wave of his attention back to what I want. And I don't put up that, like, hard wall that just creates conflict. I've been flexible and fluid <laughs> as of late. And I've been really proud of it. Tonight, I was just a shitty wall. Okay. And Brynn was like—
3: I've been doing that with Maven lately because she's been difficult.
2: <sighs> I was. We were all so petty tonight. The three of us. <laughs> Ugh.
3: She's like. I mean, we've talked about this already, but she's been. She does a thing where she's like. You pour her milk and she's like, I want big. And then you have to pour it to like the tippy top before she's satisfied. And she does the same thing with toothpaste where she wants it big. And you have to give her the most ginormous amount of toothpaste. So I was like losing it with her last night because there was so much toothpaste on the toothbrush already. And I was like, all right, never mind. We're not doing this. And then I like dragged her out of the bathroom and was trying to do bedtime, and she's still, like, freaking out. And finally she climbed out of bed and went into the bathroom by herself, and I knew she was just, like, probably putting a ton of toothpaste on, but I was like, whatever. I'm not dealing with this.
2: She never lets anything go. <laughs> she never forgets. She never forgets. That's the stereotype I have, <laughs> So, because I'm one of four boys. I'll tell you what. Brothers, we always forget. <laughs> and it's great. We fight hard, we burn hot and bright, and then we run out of gas and forget what we were talking about and move on. And I've heard anecdotally and stereotypically that sisters are not that way. Obviously not all sisters, but some sisters.
3: Yeah, I mean...
2: You have a sister.
3: I grew up with a sister and a gay brother, and we never forget.
2: Never forget. We
3: never forgot a single thing.
2: (laughs) Never forgot a single goddamn thing. Never forget, never forgive. Um, We never forgive, but it's because we forgot.
3: Can I tell two quick stories? Please. So we've talked in the podcast about how Bryn has a friend at daycare who um, slightly bullies him, tells him uh, things that are not true.
2: Yeah, like that Bryn's not smart.
3: Yeah. And so the one that happened this week is that he told Bryn that kids don't need to eat. (laughs) Kids don't need food. Only grownups need food. And I was telling Bryn that's wrong. And he's like, yeah, I don't listen to him. (laughs) But it's like, I thought that was the funniest
2: lie. Well, maybe it's Bryn's finally realized, like, maybe not everything this kid says is true. Right. (laughs) Bryn had a nice logic, talked himself into a logic trap in the car. He's like, I want, um," he's like, I want uh, this toy or whatever i forget what it was and i was like oh no sorry oh no i was he wanted to take you got him a game a poop game what's the game called it's called who pooped it's like a matching memory game with animals and poop right
3: yeah so one card has the animal one card has what that kind of animal's poop looks like
2: because you're a cool mom i'm a really cool mom you're so cool can i
3: also quickly say i bought that toy in richmond where i was this weekend and i was in the store and I got – I was in a toy store and I got recognized by one of our podcast listeners. What? And it really uh, boosted my spirits in a, in a very shitty week. I was like, what?
2: Who? I guess your picture's on the artwork.
3: Yeah. This woman was like, are you Beth? And I was like, yeah. She's <laughs> like, uh, wow. It, 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 was, uh, it was very exciting
2: well shout out to you lady in this toy store
3: (laughs) i also i was talking to the guy who worked at the store who was very nice and he's holding a like a like a little plastic box in his hand and while he was talking to me he crushed it in his hand by accident (laughs) and i was like am i this intimidating i don't know (laughs) what He was like
2: oh hey ma'am yeah i could help you (laughs) I'm so sorry. I just have this box of bowling pins. Go you know?
3: I was like, I get, I don't know what's happening here, but I feel gorgeous, um,
2: baby. You look gorgeous.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: you know what I did yesterday? What I did a story pirate show in uh, Terrytown, New York, and um, big, very beautiful old theater, the Terrytown Music Hall. I think it's called. Um, and I don't perform on stage that much for Story Parts anymore. It's mostly the podcast. Because uh, I'm older and I got kids, you know. Uh, so I go out there and I'm hosting, and there's 300 kids that all know me very well. Peter, the character on Story Pirates. it's very exciting. The energy is there. And I go out there and I do this opening bit where I'm like, hey, we're the Story Parts. What we do, we take stories written by kids. And we turn them into snacks. And then I get it wrong. And the kids are like, that's not what you do. And I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. We take stories to my kids and we turn them into. And then the last thing I say is into a breakdancing show. Give me a beat. Oh! And then I do this giant improvised break, quote, unquote, breakdancing thing. The whole joke is that I'm terrible at breakdancing. And all the other actors are like, Peter, stop, stop. And I start doing the worm And the joke is, I can't do the worm. And that's in real life, I can't do it. And I kept jumping up and just slamming my whole body on the stage.
3: Do elementary school kids know what the worm is? It was
2: not, it is not necessary to laugh at the physical comedy that I was giving them. (laughs) I was throwing my body onto the stage.
3: Unavoidably charming physical comedy.
2: (laughs) And I was throwing my body on the stage in a like comedic, painful way. And it was really funny and it killed. And then I was like, got up and I was like, all right, now time to introduce the show. And I realized that I was so out of breath that I couldn't introduce the next part of the show. This
3: is not a new story for you to injure or incapacitate yourself on stage for the sake of laughter.
2: I've injured myself, but I've never realized that I don't have the lung capacity (laughs) where I literally needed to stop and make a joke that that I'm embarrassingly out of breath. Everyone laughed. <laughs> and then I had to take th- three more deep breaths and realize that I really do need to stop. And then I n- made a joke about, like, there's even a gym in my building. And everybody laughed. And I was like, great, that bought me a few <laughs> more seconds. <laughs> Suddenly sweat is pouring down my head. And I realized I had to moderate, like, a three-minute story the next thing. And it was a real moment of uh, mortality.
3: None of this is surprising to me. Can we go back to the Who Pooped Uh, game because this game is very funny and it also came with a pamphlet that explains the types of poop that different animals have at length and the consistency of the poop based on what they're eating and the shape of the
2: poop i hate this
3: and bryn loves it (laughs) and if
2: oh that leads me back to my story
3: (laughs) so this morning bryn (laughs) bryn was like putting things in his pocket to go to daycare and he's like I'm going to put this in my backpack. He was like, I need to show everyone at daycare these poop descriptions.
2: (laughs) The book, the book of poop. And I was like, Bryn, you can't take that. It's potty humor. And he goes, and he got real upset. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to have this fight. I need to get him out the door. So I got him out the door. We got in the car. And while he was getting in the car, I took it out of his backpack. And uh, he was none the wiser. (laughs) And then. I took it back home and I picked him. So I picked him up today. And as we were driving away, I was like, how's your day at this? And he's like, yeah, but I I lost my poop book. And I looked <laughs> really sad. And I felt so bad because I could picture him at school being like, like, hey, friends, look, 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 I have a thing. Like yeah, he runs
3: his backpack.
2: <laughs> and uh, You're
3: going to love
2: it. And I said, you know what? You didn't lose it. He's like, I didn't? And I'm like, yeah, because it's at home. And he's like, oh, we forgot it? And then he suddenly realized, he's like, why is it at home? And I was like... <laughs> I took it out of your bag. And he goes, oh, and he's suddenly relieved. And then I saw in the rearview mirror his eyes get narrow as he looked at me with (laughs) such hatred and his lip went up and he goes, I'm not happy you did that. You're not nice. I'm never going to be happy ever again. (laughs) And then I said, oh, yeah, well, what if you had a bunch of ice cream? And he goes, I would be happy. I'd be happy then.
4: <laughs>
2: but it, but then he said, but if there's no ice cream, then I'll never be happy again. I go, oh yeah? Well, what if mommy hugged you and said you were great? And he goes, well, then I would be happy. <laughs> but if I lost the book and there was no ice cream and mommy didn't hug me and say I love me, I will never be happy again. <laughs> and I was like, what if I gave you a high five um, a hundred times? And he goes, You mean a high 100? And I go, yeah. And he goes, then I'd be happy. I gave him a high five and we were good.
3: Um, I like the poop pamphlet that accompanies the game Who Pooped? Because (laughs) it takes kids' love of potty humor and it segues that into science. And it's describing a lot of poop. Um, And then, you know, it has like it talks about wombat poop and how it's shaped like cubes so that they can sort of build a uh, like a container around their nest or whatever That's the
2: that's the one thing I read in that and that's the craziest thing I've ever it's heard. It's
3: truly insane.
2: Wombats poop bricks.
3: Yeah. And it the it talks about, you know, the different smells of different poop and oh, you lost me there. some of them don't smell, some of them do smell. Hmm. Um, it's fascinating
2: good work mom
0: (laughs) this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union and navy federal it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish that's why navy federal credit union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky high rates so don't hesitate
4: Mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.
3: This next segment is called Would You Knows? It's where we present parenting hypothetical situations to one another
2: okay so did i mention that i'm in a terrible mood
3: yeah but you haven't been seeming that cranky
2: thank you i'm trying really hard but i'm feeling very pouty i'm feeling very <laughs> i'm just feeling like i just want to be difficult uh <laughs> Got a lot of work done today, but I did is, enjoy it.
3: What are you leading to? What's the
2: <laughs> Oh I thought of a would you nose? And it's just like really dark and creepy. Okay. Because it reflects my mood mood. So I'd like to apologize to everybody.
3: It's darker than our child falling into a pool.
2: That's not dark. That was that was dark. <laughs> yeah, it is. Alright, ready? This is a spooky one. Beth. You're asleep. You're in your bed. I'm asleep next to you. And you suddenly feel an uneasy feeling. And you rustle and tussle. Mm. And then suddenly you open your eyes. And you see, standing three feet from you, staring straight at you, not moving at all, with a deadlock stare, eyes half open, Bryn and Maven.
3: Is it deadlocked stare? Can that be eyes half open? It sounds like two different kinds of stairs. Their
2: eyes are sort of half open, but they're locked right on you. Okay. They're not moving. They're almost like statues.
3: Like a White Walker zombie kind of look.
2: Yeah, just staring at you. This scares the shit out of you for a second. You go, huh, and you sort of little scream. Not enough to wake me up, but <laughs> not much does and they don't flinch at all and you're like Bryn maven and then you sort of get up and you reach out to them and then they sort of like they sort of like wake up but they're still sort of half asleep and you're like i guess they're sleepwalking and you sort of move them and they start stumbling out and they go back into bed and they crawl into bed and you're like that was the scariest shit that's ever happened to me and you go back to sleep
3: wait they just walk out of the room
2: they're sort of sleepwalking you determine (laughs) but together and you're like, that was insane. And you're like, Peter, did you see that? And I don't say anything because I'm still asleep. I'm really, out, I'm really. Out.
3: You tell these stories like how Bryn would tell these stories, which is like, and then um, they're walking. It's
2: like, <laughs> I'm not done. Shut up. <laughs> so you go back to sleep. Four hours later, there's a tingle down your spine. You open your eyes. They're standing half a foot from your face, eyes wide locked onto yours and you scream i don't wake up (laughs) this turning into a full ghost story
3: of course you don't wake up because you slept through my entire labor yeah i know you're gonna
2: bring that up and that's why i'm I'm setting that joke up for you and then you go "Bryn, maven and they just turn around and they walk back to their beds and uh you go back to sleep and you wake up in the morning everything's normal I was going to do a third round where it's even scarier, but I'm going to stop it right there so it's a little more plausible. What do you do?
3: What do I do in the morning after this is all over? Yeah. I mean, first of all, the them just going back to their beds, I don't think I'd be like just rolling back over and going to sleep like, hmm. I feel like I would investigate.
2: All right. What do you investigate? I'll tell you what you find if you have questions. I'd be
3: like, are you guys okay? Do you have a bad dream? What's going on? Is and, there someone in our home? Why are you both up?
2: They or, act like they're sort of asleep. They're just like, uh oh, They're
3: know. like, okay, they're sleepwalking, I put them back in bed. Yeah. Um this is, <laughs> I don't really understand what the question is here.
2: Would you knows what to do when your your children sleepwalk <laughs> together? You know. Here's the thing: you go back into the room and you. See, wor- you're
3: classifying this as sleepwalking, not a supernatural event.
2: Well, I don't know. You don't know what it is, but it sort of acts like sleepwalking. But they're doing it together, like they're in a, a horror movie.
3: I guess, I guess I call the pediatrician. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're presenting to me. You're not giving me a lot of answers. As I gave you what- <laughs> an incredibly
2: specific scenario. Oh, did I mention when you go to roll me over, you roll me over and I'm a scarecrow.
3: You did not mention that.
2: I'm not even there.
3: You're a scarecrow or you're not there. I'm
2: a full scarecrow or I'm not there. Is it me? Did I turn into a scarecrow? Once again. Or did again, I replace my body with a scarecrow?
3: This is. Exactly how our son would tell this story, which is just meandering, oh, yeah. ad- adding in details, and guess no what? point to the story. The night
2: never ends. You stay up for the for in, for infinity. You're trapped in a time loop. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
3: And then...
2: What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I... It's so hot. This is a real breakdown I'm having on the podcast. This... <laughs> Okay, what do you do? Then the what scarecrow turns back do? into me and I turn into a whiny mess like this. And I'm like, help me, what do I do?
3: I'm like this is why we don't eat so much sugar before bed.
2: It's not sugar, it's a pound of Alfredo.
3: Alfredo <laughs> sauce. <Elfredo> sauce.
2: <laughs> not the pasta. Is it nineteen
3: eighty five? Yes. What, why- <laughs>
2: I bought Alfredo sauce. You this week. bought
3: Alfredo sauce?
2: Yeah, and I regretted it. I remember it. It's been like five years since I had Alfredo sauce. It's
3: 2019. We're not eating Alfredo sauce.
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot. When I was 10 years old, there was nothing as delicious <laughs> as fettuccine Alfredo.
3: You know, um, Julie Klausner, the comedian, has talked about this how, like,. D- what people consider delicious really depends on the year and what the fad diets are so like in the 80s people thought eggs and cheese were like the worst thing you could eat so things like alfredo were considered like the most delicious food <laughs> and people were like oh i wish i could have some alfredo like
2: it's so funny we went to disney world when i was a kid and it we was the <laughs> epcot center where there's all the different countries and we went to Italy, and they had fettuccine alfredo. And I had never had it before, and I ate it, and I was like, this is it. And for like several years after that, for my birthday, all I wanted to do was go to the Olive Garden. But then I went to Italy when I was 13. And uh, and got, you
3: kept ordering alfredo. I
2: tried to ed- order fettuccine alfredo to learn that they don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, they're like, that's not real food. That's a they're Chef like, Boyardee recipe. You're like,
2: a white sauce? Yeah. Uh-
3: Yeah, you were like, it's cheese and cream and just cheap. Well,
2: I bought some and I made dinner with it tonight and it's garbage.
3: (laughs) Well, now you know how to cook and you know that real food is better than jars of weird cream sauce.
2: The chicken I put in it is really good. Anyway, that's what we (laughs) ate before we went to bed that caused this hallucination. Um Uh, or this time loop in which your kids turn into demons and and sleep sleepwalked so what'd you learn from this
3: so much um i guess that our kids should need alfredo
2: it's true beth after we're done recording (laughs) i just need a really big hug okay (laughs) okay
4: your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow use code brain 10 and get 10 percent off that's code brain 10 and get 10 percent off your first purchase aiming university because your mental health matters
2: and now it's time for we don't Knows. this is where we discuss a a perplexing parenting situation, Beth. Okay, what do you got?
3: So, I think we've talked a little bit on the podcast about how um, it, it both difficult and important it is to d- discuss death with kids in an age appropriate way, and I have at times, sort of, very just occasionally and slowly mentioned to Bryn that my brother is dead. He passed away years ago before our kids were alive
2: i've been meaning to talk to you about this because that's come up a little bit with between me and them
3: okay so most times i bring it up bryn could not care less shrugs it off isn't listening or paying attention and then yesterday uh i came home and so we i came home from the airport and we had a babysitter for an hour to sort of uh cover when you were gone so uh, I don't know if she was asking about this photo we have on the wall of, of me as a kid with my brother, but Bryn suddenly was like, "Who's that? That's your brother." And he was like, "He's dead." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then he was like, "How would he die?" And he was just suddenly so interested. At, like, I guess the, I think this is very developmentally appropriate for him as a four-year-old, almost five-year-old, yeah. but. Um, I suddenly, like, instead of when I had, I had tried to thoughtfully introduce it before. I was suddenly caught off guard, and I was like, "Because ah,
2: you're explaining this in front of the babysitter?"
3: No, 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 she's gone. Okay. But he was just suddenly interested in this photo, and so, and then the so the circumstances of my brother's death obviously are a little bit um, difficult to discuss with a child because my brother died from OxyContin use, and I. Was sort of like trying to figure out very quickly, like, what is the age appropriate way of explaining that? And I was like, um, he, it was an accident. He died from an accident. And Bryn was like, an accident? And like, clearly wanted more information. But then everything I came up with in my head was not an appropriate way of explaining it. Or at least, like, I, in my mind, I was sort of like, hmm, I mean, maybe there's a lesson in this. Maybe I could say, um, he took too much medicine or he took medicine inappropriately. But I just I – I stopped myself because I was like I'm going to give Bryn some kind of weird phobia yeah. about medicine. So I just didn't say – I didn't get into it, which I think was the right move.
2: I went through this – I've been through this exact thought process where I'm like he's going to – he's not going to interpret. There's too much context missing to say simply – you know, I was like, oh, medicine. Now he's going to – all he knows is liquid Tylenol. Right. Did I was you? like,
3: he's going to assume I'm talking about liquid Tylenol. <laughs> the only medicine he knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I – Um.
2: I mean, in general, uh, so I'm like, yeah, I, I I think being straightforward and honest to those things is really healthy.
3: Yeah, I think it's important to be as honest as you can in a way that's appropriate for that age. But I did – um, it's interesting because this came up in my mom group today. Someone else was posting about kids asking about death and someone recommended this book, which I am scrolling to see if I can find. So I think while it's she's, called- while
2: she's looking, I'm going to paint the picture of where we record to the audience a little bit here. As, as you may know, we have a blanket fort of blankets on our walls for sound insulation And Beth likes to turn off all the lights and there's just one candle flickering and we're really low to the ground and we have these giant vocal reflectors in front of our faces. So we can't see each other. (laughs) But whenever Beth turns on her phone to look at something, suddenly the whole ceiling lights up.
3: Okay. So the book someone recommended is called Lifetimes, which I think is a maybe out of print book. Sorry, I burped. <laughs> Gross. Um, oh, man. I'm yucky. Um, Brynn so, asked me
2: 10 times today, how do you burp? He's so in- into asking questions in which there's no answer and well, he doesn't really care.
3: He's been trying to do a fake burp sound where he's like, eh, uh," eh, and it's not, not good believable. <laughs> um, So we've got to work on that. Anyway, I hope this book is good. It was recommended by more than one person. but So I think um we'll we'll report back
2: lifetimes Uh,
3: yeah it's like it looks like a pretty cheesy
2: 80s children's book and it's out of print you're really selling it
3: i think it's out of print i don't people recommended it so i'm gonna give it a try we will um see what kind of in inappropriate conversations it inspires with our children
2: or very appropriate
3: or very appropriate
2: but you do know he's gonna just like repeat that's fine. But I think that's part of why a lot of parents resist having heavy conversations with their kids about like sex or death or things because you know the kids are just going to go tell their friends. That, yeah, like, but I the
3: the cover of the book is very like naturey and I kind I'm kind of getting the sense that it's like going to be talking about like leaves falling from the trees and stuff like that. So I think I think it is going to sort of tell it in a way that kids can conceptualize
2: because there's leaves on the cover. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's valid. Uh,
3: you know what I'm, I'm a good mom. I did research. I, I'm I'm
2: not I'm not judging. That's great.
3: What are you teaching our kids about death?
2: Um, it's Ninja Turtle based. <laughs> um, this is a non sequitur. So we're going to Atlanta this weekend. We've been talking about this a bunch. We're going to go hang out with Chuck Bryant. You might have heard of him from uh, Movie Crush stuff. You should know.
3: Yeah, you mentioned this last week.
2: I know. I want to know. uh, We're we have like four days. Uh, uh, with him. Is anything you want to know? Should we find out some dirt? (laughs) What should we? What should we? Should I? Should we? You lure him away, and I'll go through his basement.
3: I'm sure Chuck is l- going to listen to this podcast tomorrow and really love that you're asking our listeners this question.
2: Yeah, I mostly ask. I mostly do this for Chuck what
3: personal information do you want about the very private host of stuff you should know, Chuck Bryant? Um, uh,
2: because I will secretly find it out and he'll forget that he listened to this. This is not a well thought out bit.
3: No, you love to ask our listeners for the most <laughs> random questions and information.
2: Listeners, write in and explain to us what it feels like to do push-ups. That's what I want to know. That was the most random thing I could think of. Was that funny? She turned on her phone. The whole ceiling is bright white. She's looking at her Sorry, phone. Sorry, I was
3: looking at more interesting things on my phone.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> Are we done with this section?
3: Yep. <laughs> uh. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. It's where we take questions and comments from you guys.
2: Okay, you guys, here are your emails. I'm going to read a couple for you. Uh, 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 Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hi, Beth and Peter. It says Peter and Beth. I've done this multiple times where it says Beth and Peter. You can
3: just get to the question. I don't know how many times I have to explain this to you.
2: You don't like it and neither do the listeners. (laughs) I love your podcast. Sometimes you make me laugh out loud alone in my car and that is the best. I've heard you talk a bunch of times about this cookbook that has drastically improved your dinner time lives and I'd love to get in on that. Could you tell me the name slash author? I've never managed to catch that info while listening. Thanks a bunch, Jen. Several people have reached out with this question, so I'm answering it on the air. The book is from America's Test Kitchen, and it's called The Best Simple Recipes.
3: Yeah, I do think there's more than one book by this title because I think America's Test Kitchen has released a couple, but I'm sure they're all pretty good.
2: You're telling me that they have released multiple cookbooks with the same title?
3: Yeah, because some because someone in my mom group recommended it to me, and I Googled it, and then saw there was more than one, and then I re- went back to the post where she recommended it, and I looked at the cover carefully and said, I want to get that one.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, there's a report back which one do you find audience <laughs> report back. but that's the, best, that's the best well you could you go do.
3: grab the one and describe the picture of food on the cover
2: the cover has a sort of breaded uh crispy looking chicken with small sort of uh, cherry tomatoes on top <laughs> i would describe them uh, yeah anyway that one
3: we love it um it's real simple it's toy. just what we need for our simple little brains
2: yeah and I didn't use it tonight. I just put some fucking Alfredo sauce on top. I'm sorry I'm swearing so much.
3: Well, that what I love about the cookbook, and we've discussed this in the past, is that it, the recipes are so simple that you can kind of retain the information and use it as a reference for improvised recipes in the future.
2: It's true. Everything else I did with the meal was, was good, and I ruined it with cheese.
3: Yeah. Now you know the joy of cooking.
2: Hey, Peter and Beth. Last podcast I listened to, you were talking about, about your defiant children. I have to agree. What's this terrible twos BS? Three is the bleeping worst. She bleeped <laughs> out her own thing. Unfortunately, I have, she meant fucking. Oh my gosh.
4: <laughs>
2: this episode is explicit. Unfortunately, I have no advice but a failure story. My son is three and a half and defiant as all get out. Um, if you'll recall resistance peeing this is the same person who wrote in about resistance peeing every morning um, when we go to get him dressed it started with uh, him not wanting to wear anything but sweatpants and decided he decided he hated jeans but now it's progressed to hating sweatpants too and will only wear black leggings he calls them yogurt pants (laughs) (laughs) because mom wears yoga pants now, whatever he acts out, we would threaten him with jeans and he would immediately behave. <laughs> but he's wised up. This morning I pulled out the old, do it or you're getting jeans. And he replied, I love jeans. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You just do what works. Good luck. Elena from Lake Elmo, Minnesota. I know Lake Elmo.
3: I like hearing updates on this resistance peeing kid because he is very funny.
2: (laughs) He's doing it his way.
3: He's very stubborn, um, much like our children.
2: Oh, yeah. You think you figure out a thing. (sighs) Threats and bribes only work for a short amount of time and then they turn into something worse it's not a sustainable it's not a sustainable system but they're so tempting to use because they are f- effective for a moment or two it, and it's it's like overusing antibiotics <laughs> you use too many antibiotics and then the germs get smart and they get tougher uh, you use too many threats and bribes the kids get smart and then they they work around it and then it stops working and then you need bigger threats and bigger bribes.
3: So what you're saying is don't vaccinate your kids.
2: Yes. And I'm just like, there's, <laughs> I don't believe all the data.
3: <laughs> vaccinate your children.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, um, she just turned on her phone again and the whole room lights up. <laughs> Are you just checking your email over there? What's going on?
3: I was going to my notes.
2: Um, <laughs> well, that feels like an act of judgment on this awesome <laughs> parenting tip I'm giving. No,
3: it felt like you had a lot of important information to give our listeners. And while you were doing it, I was going back to my notes.
2: I'm cranky and I'm hot and I'm tired and I can't hide it. And I love all of you listeners. and And thank you for letting me whine at you. I'll be better next week. Actually, we got to figure out what we're doing next week because we're going to be out of town next week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Beth, any last thoughts for our lovely listeners before we say goodnight?
3: Can I tell one quick story? <laughs> please. Please take this over for me. Yes. So, I Bryn uh, was trying to change the toilet paper roll yesterday, <laughs> and which is nice. And he took off the old one, and I was like, going to grab it. to go, I was like, you got to put this in the recycling. And he goes... No, Daddy just puts it on the floor. What? I thought that was very
2: funny. (laughs) That is a gross misrepresentation of me.
3: (laughs) You're like, no, I leave it in the bathroom on the back of the toilet.
2: I pick up everything every night. (laughs) Don't you dare, Bryn. (laughs) I started getting my, my new thing on him. My new project is cleaning up. Because, boy, that kid just... No regard. But we haven't tried... Anyway, I'm upset. I'm upset that he did that.
3: Misrepresented you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Daddy throws it on the ground. You li- you son of a little boy. He's
3: like, don't worry. You can just put it on the ground. That's what Daddy does.
2: <laughs> hey, I can swim. I don't need floaties. <laughs> Daddy puts it on the ground. Liar. You're a liar. This has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. I'm Peter McNerney. <laughs> That's Beth Newell. Uh, please, uh, if you want to send us an email, ask a question. Send a would you knows hypothetical parenting situation. You can email us at weknowspod@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
3: Yeah, or you can leave us a voicemail at 347-384-7396. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at We Pod, And please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes.
2: I love you all so much. Thank you for supporting me in this We love you. Time of humidity. Bye. Bye.